0: Welcome to the BBC, a wax cast based on collaboration, not competition. Between both cheeks is a world
1: filled with beauty, bums, and billions of bucks, The hosts of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, creator and owner of international brands and beauty salons.
2: Um, I mean, I was gonna pull a 2007 Britney and shave my
1: head. Becca, the egg, she's new to the beauty business, but learning faster than a
0: baby savant.
1: But I remember saying to my friends, well, they're the managers, so they're just going to have to manage.
2: And Ashley, a straight, and spicy atone. Hot off the global circuit, she's got expertise to share.
0: All kidding aside, common sense is not so
1: common.
2: Welcome to the BBC. Bring me your balls.
1: No, Kelly Clarkson! Hi, welcome to this week's episode of... Teen Both Cheeks podcast. I'm Becca the Egg here today with Ashley and Luba. Hello. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and it's still Corona time. Uh, in BC. Oh, yeah, in BC, Canada, at least things are starting to open up again and go a little bit back towards what we were used to calling normal before. But there are pros and cons that come with that. So we're going to discuss that a little bit today. And Ontario, where Ashley is, is considering that they may have to re down the small portion of society that they've allowed to reopen. So we're going to go into the nitty gritty on business during this time.
2: Yes, I think this is a really good opportunity too for business owners in BC. And I think, is it just BC that's opened up or has Alberta opened up as well? I don't know if
0: Alberta's opened. If they have, they're just starting to get going. Something tells me they might be opening up the 1st of June.
2: Okay, so this is really good because I think that there's a lot of frustrations because we are very blessed to be living in a great country like Canada and there are resources for people that have been unemployed, um, there's great resources for people that didn't quite make the um, the unemployment benefits because I think you have to be employed three or six months prior to actually collecting um, and our lovely government, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister, um, decided to give everyone $2,000 a month for free regardless. So how's that working out for you, Becca?
1: Uh, well, it's the first week of reopening this week and it was a little stressful to start because... Uh, there's a lot of incentive for staff to stay at home with these benefits, which is fine. Like it is up to them whether or not they want to stay at home, whether or not they can find childcare. The schools are not back open yet. um, If they're feeling unsafe in being back at work, but that was not necessarily the case that I experienced this week. So we had a bit of an inkling, a week and a half ago, which day BC would reopen personal service industries, So salons, that would be us. Um, but it was kind of murky news. We weren't sure if the date was solid or not. Some people were saying no. Some people were saying yes. Everyone was conflicting each other. So I reached out to the staff anyways, and I said, hey, this is the date we might be reopening. If not, that means like it'll probably be coming soon down the track so please email me any changed availability requests or apprehensions that you have um whether or not you want your same hours like just asking everyone for their lowdown so I could have. how nice better. of you I,
2: I wish I, I was gonna say I
1: told
2: me she was doing that I was like no just put them back on the schedule but no she like,
1: was. Here, here's what you worked here's
0: what you're gonna go back to working yeah, yeah. well
1: you're coming out <laughs> yeah, maybe I maybe I shot myself in the foot a little bit, but nobody responded anyway, so it didn't matter. Nobody. Well, one part-time receptionist was the only one who replied, which was great and I appreciated that, but I didn't really necessarily need or rely on her schedule. It was the full-time estheticians and waxers that I was like, "Okay, like are you comfortable coming to work?" Um mo- that, most of them are mothers, so like, how is, like, your home situation, travel? Um, some of them take the bus. So I just needed to get the scoop. And none of them even acknowledged my message or replied to the things that I was asking. So the weekend rolls around. We're coming up to the opening day. And I still don't know who wants to work, who's able to work. Nothing. And not
2: only that, but we have been having regular morale meetings every Saturday morning with both Mm -hmm. teams in the U.S. and Canada. Mm -hmm. So Saturday morning rolls around and Becca sends out a message to the Vancouver girls saying that this is now a mandatory meeting.
1: So the following Tuesday
2: of that Saturday. we got all of the news on what we need to do. And we already had a long list of all the PPE that we had to put forward and what had to be done and, you know, Beck and I were really looking forward to having the team back together and doing a big cleaning party and maybe ordering in some pizza and playing the music club. Ash, you know what it was like going to do our spring cleaning, right? Like we would all just come in and have a good time and
0: looking to get and- motivated to, to get yeah. the team back together. You know, yes. you know, it's been a while. How's everyone doing? Mm-hmm. Basically, just a big morale party, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. I mean, at the yeah. same time
1: really working right like you're all kind of free at the same time where normal circumstances the waxers are in rooms and you don't necessarily get yeah. to like hang out with them or chat throughout the day so yeah. cleaning's is a bit different you're still working but we could have all like hung out and chat and like caught up but yeah. that and then didn't like, happen
2: <laughs> like we sent out that meeting being like okay it's really important that you guys are here it's mandatory and I'm sorry but when someone Mandatory that means paid for, and if you don't fucking show up, then it's considered a no show. Mm-hmm. And not one person from Vancouver showed up, everyone from Vegas showed up. We don't and this have is
0: no- Zoom like this is like online, you don't have to leave Facebook. your house, you don't have to go anywhere. Like, no, you're Facebook. literally just gonna log in. Yeah, Facebook.
1: some of the girls in Vegas were in the Starbucks drive through. Yeah, like, the girls in Vegas were at Taco Bell, they they're got their own
2: back. Yeah. But not one person from Vancouver showed up, and we're supposed to be opening up on Tuesday. Wow, not one. So here's the other struggle: is you know, Beck and I have been working through this whole time and trying to keep them busy and trying to get money in the bank somehow. You know, whether we we're mm-hmm. trying to do the facial kits or the waxing kits or waxing packs or whatever. Beck and I start calling clients because we know that we're opening and we've already given notice, right? We spend hours calling hundreds of clients, emailing them, booking them in. What happens when Tuesday comes around? Get an email, I'm not coming into work today. No. Now, yeah. Less than 12 hours notice.
1: Mm.
2: And now we need to cancel every single person.
0: That back. And nobody else was able to come in. There was nobody else that was able to do the waxing.
2: No, we've got a small team, right? So we like, you know, how I run. Like, I would rather everyone make as much money as possible, Um, especially now with COVID. I would rather them work at one place instead of four places. I think that that's like a a safety issue as well. I try Mm -hmm. to give as many hours as possible. You know, whether that means that you get to work a little bit, a couple hours at the front desk. Like, I want you to be, you know, on our team. I want you to be part of our family. I don't want you to to have to run to four jobs. Yeah. So. And that's maybe something that I need to look at on the way that I run my business. Maybe that's not the right thing because what happens is I put all the confidence in those people. And then when I really need them and they're like, peace out, not coming in. That's right. Crazy. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: I was asked, but I fe- I felt really disappointed because a, I think they completely disrespected Becca like to not respond to your manager is like beyond me. Um, and then any of the responses that she got, I just felt was like, and maybe I read it with the tone of what I was feeling. And this is why I'm not really big on text messaging, but Mm -hmm. I just felt like they were looking for an out. Like, well, if you, if I can work this many hours and I can still get served. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a big email to all the staff and I was like, CERB is not to be abused. CERB is for those people that cannot get work. I am giving you work. Also, as an employer, I am responsible to report who I'm trying to bring back and who has declined work. And if I'm open to full capacity, we're not doing curbside pickup. We're doing full services. I need someone there 40 hours. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, I can come in a couple of days, but I still want to collect CERB. So can you make that happen?
1: Well, no, no, like, no. Um yeah, well, uh, before when we were doing curbside pickup and you could make under $1,000 a month.
2: Yeah, and that was, you know what, that was the other thing is that the, the team in Vancouver not once reached out to say, what can we do to help? Is there anything that you guys need? Like, not once,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not once it it was it's a huge disappointment and i think it's a bit bit of a break in our system versus the us the us is now going on 8 to 9 weeks i think one of the girls finally just got her first unemployment check um but that that plays a big part into our government just giving money out and hey it's the long weekend and you know, I'm the government's going to give us notice on Friday night before a holiday weekend that you're going to be open up on Tuesday. These girls are like, oh, the the weather's beautiful. I've spent, you know, two months with my family and I'm just going to collect another paycheck Um, to not put the business first was very, very hurtful to me because when I had to make those phone calls to Vancouver and to Vegas to say, you know, I need to lay all of you off. I was absolutely heartbroken. I was sick to my stomach to have to lay people off and to not have that same respect given to me. And here's your job back was, was mind blowing to me. It was, it was a huge slap in the face. I lost a lot of respect for a lot of people.
0: It almost seems like there, there's not that team aspect. You know, if you've got that, everyone's showing up in Vegas, whether they're getting paid or not, And then you look at another location that they are getting paid from, you know, the CERB or whatever it is, but why are they not showing up? You'd think they'd be more motivated to show up because they don't have anything wrong. They're getting paid. You know, why not put the effort in? They've got the time. They're not stressed. They're not trying to, you know, maybe make money someplace else under the table. Like they're, they're kind of
2: sitting in a really good position and a cushy position. And I think that's what surprised me the most is the team was incredible before COVID happened. Mm -hmm. There were no issues. Every, like, Mm -hmm. we weren't having any problems. Like everything was good. Everyone got along. Everyone was respectful. Everyone loved coming to work. It was good. This last week, I mean, it's the first week like Becca hasn't wanted to be in the store even like it just left a bad taste in our mouth. Right. And then we did, we did a webinar presentation with the girls in Vegas and um, you know, the difference in the long faces to the happy faces and the positive energy and Oh, we can go in on this day and we can start cleaning. We should probably come in and do an extra clean on this day. What about this? Like, they're just so hungry and motivated. And I, I'm just, I'm so lost. I'm so lost. And the girls here in Vancouver have been with us, you know, for, a couple of years some of them have come back and been with me at the beginning and then come back again so they know how I operate they know how I work um but if I just anything, felt like- I
0: think you might be a little bit more relaxed now than you were at the beginning like they might have it a little easier if if I do
2: say so I just feel it. like they after, you, know- <laughs> after three years, you just give the fuck up you do you just, you just give the fuck up like You'll ask, you know, Becca and Stephanie, that's been helping us like organize on the back end. I'm just like, sure. Yeah, just try it. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Like, I, I can't, like I'm, the girls have worn me out. And this is, you know, one of the big things with the podcast is you'll talk to entrepreneurs and business owners out there with small businesses, especially dealing with women in salons. And they're like, oh, it's so great. It's so easy. I've got this great group of women. It is fucking hard. It is hard and it is draining.
0: So, okay, Becca, I have a bit of a, I have a bit of a question, okay. and I know maybe this applies a bit to you too, Luba. But out of curiosity, so okay. if we're just comparing the two stores for a second, and you look at you know Vegas people versus say Canadian Vancouver type people, mm-hmm. I know from living in Vancouver in the past, everybody takes public transit. Everybody. Yep. You know, you just don't have a vehicle typically because you don't need it. And if you do need it, it's easier to, you know, do one of those share ride app type things than it is to actually own your own car because it's so expensive just to park it somewhere.
1: And the city is all fairly close together. like Correct. Versus versus
0: being in Vegas where everything's pretty far apart and Mm -hmm. 90% of the people I'm going to assume have a license and have a car. Now, do you think at all that this might play a bit of a factor in people not wanting to come back to work, being scared to get on public transit? Because I think of myself, for example, and I don't think I would necessarily have a problem going back into work and having my clients come in. But I think for me, I would be a little bit more uneasy about having to get on the public transit to get to work. That would be my fear. So I would be like, okay, so I have no problem coming in, but can, can you come pick me up? Like, yeah. is there a vehicle that <laughs> you can to get to get work so that I don't have to get in on public transit? Yeah.
2: I think you just, you answered your own question there because Becca put it out there. Do you have any concerns? Is there anything that's going on? Has anything changed? That would have been the time to say something. Not the day of your shift that you're not coming in because you feel unsafe. Well, you weren't even on the meeting on Tuesday to find out what we're doing to make things safe for you. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I definitely, I could understand and respect if someone wasn't feeling comfortable at work. The thing that just grinded my gears the most was that nobody told me when I asked. And I didn't ask two or three days before. I asked a week in advance so that I could give them, you know, say, two days grace period to write me an email, talk with their families, reflect and think on it, send me an email. Another two days to figure out what that meant and work out a schedule to accommodate. And then another two or three days to decide if we needed to hire somebody or, you know, problem solve from there. So that's where I felt really disappointed and disrespected. Um, As far as the bus goes, could be. Nobody brought it up, so I don't know. Um, And the staff are split 50-50 with drivers and people who take the bus. And the two people, aside from myself, who take the bus also have the option to drive or be driven to work. So I don't know. I don't know. Nobody let me in. So, I mean, it's definitely a factor. I've been taking the bus and I mean, there's nobody on the bus. So I think it's fine. I wear a mask on the bus and then I wash my hands as soon as I get in and I don't touch anything. I turn on the tap with my elbow. So I feel like the bus is fairly low risk, but maybe if you were taking like a subway or a tram car type of public transportation, it'd be different because It's a lot more close quarters and can be crammed. But where all the girls live, they'd be taking just a regular bus. I don't know. I don't know because nobody
0: told me. So it's funny. I went to go get dog food today. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I'm the only one in the store. So me, Mm -hmm. I strike up a conversation with the girl who's working. Mm -hmm. And it's great. You know, you open the door to walk in. And as soon as you go inside, there's a table that's sitting there. They've got masks and this is a pet food store They have masks for sale. If you want to buy them, they've got hand sanitizer and like a hand wash that's just sitting there. So you can't even get into the store without hitting that table to disinfect your hands and whatever else. If you don't have a mask and you want one, they have it all there for a fee. Obviously I don't know how expensive they are. I didn't really pay attention because I have my own and at the desk. They have one of those completely huge plexiglass with just the little hole underneath to Mm -hmm. kind of slide the money, slide the debit machine, whatever it is. So anyway, I start chit-chatting with her, and I'm like, how do you feel being back to work? Like, do you Mm -hmm. feel safe? Are you worried at all? Like, just out of curiosity, just curious, somebody who is, you know, a a front-end type worker who's dealing with the public on a daily basis, and she goes, Mm -hmm. honestly, I'm so happy the store is back open and people can can come in because I am now behind the plexiglass. Whereas before, people would show up at the door expecting to pay for things at the door. So now they're handing me their debit cards or credit cards or whatever it is. And I don't want to touch them. She's like, then I would try to hand off their things as like a curbside pickup. And she's like, people are coming right up in my business trying to grab things from me. So she goes, to be honest, I feel more comfortable now that the store is open versus mm-hmm. when the store was closed. Yeah. Not to mention, I think most people, if they're feeling any sort of sickness at all, they're yeah. not going out and going into stores. Whereas mm-hmm. before, they wouldn't think twice about going to yeah. do a curbside pickup when they're not feeling well.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: think, personal opinion. Yeah. Eventually, life needs to get back to normal somehow. And we have to start those steps of being normal again. Um, you know, I think going back to the staff and stuff, one of the things that, you know, I, I've struggled with before is, and you know, my fiance Jacob said it to me, like, well, you can't expect the girls to show up every Saturday for a morale meeting if they're not getting paid. And I was like, you know, I like I get that and I get that stuff comes up, but when your <laughs> entire income is gone and slaughtered, there isn't any money to have someone show up for a half an hour call. I mean that was literally kind of our coffee time to just really kind of check in. It wasn't so much the business stuff. We were trying to keep everyone sane mentally, but also to check, to check on their well being, right? Like, how are you guys doing physically? Um, you know, that we were able to find out that one of the girls in Vegas had to move back to DC because her husband lost his job. We were able to do that through constant communication. And one of the things that I've really been big at is you might not get a reward or payment right away but I'm very much someone that sits in the background and watches shit that happens. And then people are rewarded for their effort and their time and what they put forward that they didn't ask something to be given to them. Mm -hmm. And that's something that Becca and I said at the beginning was, you know, I said to her at the beginning, take screenshots and take attendance of everyone that shows up and everyone that like is on a call or submits a video that we can use for TikTok and everything. And they will get something from it. But I don't ever want to bait that in like, oh, if you come to this meeting, you're going to get something because I want you to be there. You know, do Becca and I want to be up every morning at 10 o'clock, you know, just planning out meetings the night before on, on the things that we need to discuss? It's, it's a lot of work for us as well. Right. So so I think that's that's been, that's but it's been almost
0: like you're checking in as a friend. It's that's not so I mean. much a boss employee. It's we are all people in a time of crisis, in the middle of a a pandemic. And how are you doing mentally, physically? Like this is just me being a friend and saying, hey, we work together. I spend more time with you in a week than I do my own family and friends. I just Mm -hmm. want to know how you're doing.
2: Yeah, and that was the purpose of the calls. That was the sole purpose, just to keep morale Mm -hmm. up because it's so easy to go into a black hole. It's so easy, right? Like we don't know our, everyone's life situations at home and sometimes work as an escape for people and you know that they get to get away and stuff and what happens when they're at home. I mean, all I see on like Vegas news and commercials like and the governor saying like if you're in a domestic abusive relationship, you're allowed to leave your house and I'm like, "Holy shit, like what? Like what is going on for some people?"
0: Apparently like that has just been one of the worst things going on right now is a lot of other crimes, and that is down, but apparently domestic abuse is is up a lot, and it's sad, and it's scary, and, you know, sometimes people don't have anybody to check in, so the fact that, you know, you're going out of your way to try to check in, that's a big deal.
2: Yeah, we think so. I mean, we really thought so, so it was just, uh, it was just disappointing, I guess, but everything has, I guess, semi-worked out now, um, you know, there was a few emails and a few phone calls that I had to have that. And I don't do the schedule anymore. Right. So for me to have to step in was, you know, shitty on on the part of, of the girls in Vancouver that couldn't just respond to a fabulous boss that was like, what do you want to work? What works for you? Because when I step in, it's like, these are your hours and this is what you have to work like. Do you want to be here or not? Because if you don't want to be, then I need to replace you like that. That's what it comes down to. I get that everyone has personal shit going on, but you had children before you decided to apply. I always ask the question, is child care going to be an issue? Is transportation going to be an issue? You knew you had a job to come back to. So somehow as an adult, you need to figure that shit out and not lay it on the business owner. It is not our responsibility as managers and business owners to plan your life. Our job is to give you a fun, safe work environment with clients and a paycheck on time.
0: I do feel bad for the parents at this point, though, that, mm-hmm. you know, when school was open, when summer camps were open, when daycares were open, mm-hmm. that you did have childcare, And childcare was not an issue because you knew that the child was in school from 830 to 330, let's say. I don't yeah. know if I don't really know the hours, but I'm going to assume because that's when I went to school, um, that school is open. And then maybe you went to like an after school program till five. And then maybe you had a babysitter or you know, somebody pick you up at five o'clock or maybe mom was done work or dad was done work by yeah. five o'clock and could pick you up. Well, now all of a sudden your schools are closed, your daycare is closed, your after school programs are closed, your summer camps are closed. So I do feel for the parents in a situation like this where they maybe want nothing more than to get back to work, but yet they've got nobody to watch their children. Yeah. Uh, or maybe the person that they used to have watched their children is elderly And now they don't feel comfortable having them around the children because let's be honest, children carry a whole lot more germs than, than what, you know, know. the rest of the, I don't know. Like I, I, my, my heart goes out to people that are in that situation where, especially if they're single family, like single parent homes,
2: what do you do? I, I totally appreciate that. Like I said, I think everyone has like their own demons that they're fighting and all their own stuff that they're going through. But there has to be some point as an adult where, you've got to know that you're coming back to work. And this is where I go back to serve that I think as provinces start to open up, they need to cut off serve. They need to cut off serve and go back to unemployment. Okay. So if you're not able to work, then you can file for unemployment at that time. And then they re- they reevaluate you at that time. But to continue to have both going when a province is opening up and giving those people the option to sit home and collect, that's where the, the issue begins with me. Like, Trudeau and I think it's David Ely, who's the M- MLA here in um, in BC for finance or for our um, or district by the store, they needed to cut that off. Like CERB just needed to go. If phase two is opened and personal services is open, bars are open, all of this. If you look online, everyone's hiring. So what does that tell me? That everyone's running into the same problem that we are with staff being like, I'm just going to sit at home and collect another CERB paycheck. That is not the point. And what people don't understand with this generation is that we are going to be taxed on this Mm -hmm. through those. How much do you want to bet that personal service, like the GST is going to go up. The PST is going to go up in BC. Your personal taxes are going to go up. If you're a homeowner, your property taxes are going to go up. We are going to be paying for your summer vacation for a long time. And if you're busted for not coming back and your employer does report you, you're going to be asked to pay that money back. Like it's really used as a crutch and a vacation. I don't see that they think about it. I think the other thing too is that they look at it like it's going to last forever. It's one more paycheck for two grand. Then what are you going to do? Like is that when everyone's going to be banging down our door wanting a job? Like is that when we become valuable but they couldn't be – they couldn't be valuable to us when we needed a time to open the doors and make sure everything got.
1: I just need it. It takes five minutes.
0: See, and I think that they should, if they're going to open up the stores, if you're in phase two, if you are going to expect people to go back to work, I think they needed to open up summer camps or schools or childcare or something, because maybe part of the reason all these people are looking to hire new people is because people have nobody to watch their children. How are they supposed to go into an office or into a retail store or into a restaurant if they don't have somebody to watch their children? It's one thing if you have a job that you're capable of working from home and you can, you yeah. know, work up a deal and say, okay, I'm, I can still put in my forty hours a week. I just may not be able to work at uh, nine to five. I might be working yeah. nine till one. I might have to take a break for a couple hours. I might have to go back and, you know, work from five until 11, but I can still get in the work that I need to have done. But But if you have to go in somewhere and you don't have anyone to watch your children, what are you supposed to do? Unless you can take your children with you.
2: But that's the difference Ash, when you talk, because you provide options. Okay. Becca didn't even get a response because if I try to put myself in the shoes of maybe a staff member with children, and I have no idea what that is like because I, this is a child free home. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I might say, like, listen, my partner is off on Saturdays and Sundays. Do you think maybe we can open up the store on Sundays so I can come in for a few hours and do that? Or, you know, this is his availability here. Like, give me something to work with. Why is it always on the business owner and the manager to fix your problems? Like, come up with with. Uh, solutions I mean we were even thinking about being open seven days a week when we had to return because it's it's madness especially in Vegas like the amount of dms and the emails and text messaging and everything that we're getting on put us on a wait list and when are you going to be open we talked about opening up seven days a week so it would have been nice to get something but I find that bc can be very lazy Mm. um I mean I was going to pull a 2007 britney and shave my head like, fuck, <laughs> Like, Let's do it, Becca. Let's just shave our heads. And everyone just
1: <laughs> completely yeah.
2: nuts. Yeah. Do you know what
0: I think the problem is? All kidding aside, common sense is not so common.
1: Yeah. And this is why of- the
0: business has to come up with the remedy. Because mm-hmm. everybody else is just thinking, I can't do that. Or I don't want to do that. Or I don't have any other options. They're not sitting there thinking of the solution or thinking of, you know, what other paths can I take to get to the same end goal? And maybe that has something to do with it.
1: No, I think that's a really
2: good point. I Um,
1: definitely. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. You go first.
1: I was gonna say I definitely empathize with those who are parents right now and that is an entirely different thing like of course if your hands are tied your hands are tied you can't come to work but you need to communicate that prior and it's the only time that so far and I've only been a manager for a little bit but it was the first time where I was like oh, this is like really shitty. Like it's no longer fun and glamorous and like I'm in charge and I get to like have a little bit of veto power over this and this and this. It was like, oh. And I just have flashbacks to when I was a teenager working minimum wage jobs. And if I gave an availability that said, hey, I need this day off. And, and they said no. And I was like, well, like I, I cannot work that day. I remember saying like to my friends, not to my manager, but I remember saying to my friends, well, they're the manager, so they're just going to have to manage. And <laughs> this, like, oh, no! I just hear that coming back to me to bite me in the ass. And I felt like, you know, how like if you were ever sassy or whatever as a teenager to your parents, they just say like, oh, wait till you have kids one day. They're going to give it right back to you. That's exactly how I felt this week. I was like, well, I'm the manager, so I just have to fucking manage. <laughs> you're hilarious. I feel like you're so
0: calm and so demure about it all if it was me and I was sitting in your shoes let me tell you the spice that would come out of my mouth I'm like what the fuck is wrong with these people on the other side thinking back to being a child I can earn a child a teenager and having Mm -hmm. a job I can remember thinking oh all my friends are going to the cottage this weekend I'm going to go with them. And you ask your boss for the weekend off. And they're like, yeah, no. And I remember going back to my friends and being like, that's fine. I'm just going to no show or I'm just going to quit. I'm going to, I'll find myself. Oh another my job. God. I was, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm, right, right. Right.
2: I'm cut from like a different cloth completely. Like first for me to ask for time off was like, I could not do that. Um, and then if I did have, to, like if it was something very, very, very important and I tried to ask for the time off and they said no, I gave up that whatever that important thing was and I'll never forget like one of the biggest things that I, I let go. It was this huge photo shoot. I was like 19 years old and it was tons of money and like, and I was just like, I can't, can't do it. My boss wouldn't give me, wouldn't give me the time off. I was petrified of my bosses, petrified of them, like the way that I was raised with you know you give all respect to the people that pay you your paycheck and stuff and that was that's been like the biggest challenge for me in starting my business is it's not like that at all like mm-hmm. they're the ones that you know feel that they should be catered to not and i never felt that people should cater to me but i'm putting food on your on your table and i'm providing a roof over your head and i do expect a certain amount of respect um but that's Very different. Loyalty
0: though. I think it's loyalty because for me right now, I would never, the things that just came out of my mouth, I would never, never in a million years do now. Like that's just so far, but it's the loyalty that I have to the companies that I I work for and the people that I work for. And, you know, if they're appreciative of me and they show respect to me, I'm going to give it back tenfold. And I think that's part of the issue. Is I think there's so many problems now where people are just they they're not loyal. There is no loyalty anymore. They want what they want when they want it and how they want it.
2: And I think that's what it comes down to is is the loyalty, and that's where my disappointment came to because I was like, listen, I gave I gave you four months off, you know, to go out of town. I, you know, you got children's birthdays off. You got this long weekend off to go to you know to Mexico, or you wanted to stay longer overseas or whatever, like we have accommodated time and time again to the point that the business suffers and it shouldn't be like that. It can't be like that. Um, but you know, an example that I used with Becca the other day, I said, and this is might not be the nicest example, but we've got a pet or a, a vet next to us in Vancouver. And I said, you know what? The staff have basically just come in and pissed all over the floor, just like at the vets. What are you going to do? Kick out the fucking puppy No, because then you have no business. But what staff will do is they will push you and push you and push you until you put your foot down and say, no, you can't do it.
0: You are a bona fide babysitter of grown ass adults. As a manager, that is your job. Like, in essence, you are a babysitter. You know, the kid is going to test you just like they would their parents. And what can I get away with? especially if you're a new manager because they've already tested the limits with an old manager and they're going to see what they can get away with. They're going to say, oh, the last manager used to let me make my own schedule or the last manager used to let me do this. And they're going to see what they can get away with.
2: Yeah. So Becca, what would you change? What would you do differently?
1: I don't maybe see. I don't know because I feel like, and I know what they're doing is not personal and it's not against me, but I feel like I'm being put in a corner where I just feel like, well, maybe if I was stricter, maybe I was more hard and like managers I've had in the past. Well, you know, people listen to them. So maybe that's just how you have to do it, but I don't like that. and like, that's not who I am because I like to level with people and understand them and you know have empathy but like I just I don't know but it's it's put a real wedge in things at work now too because I feel like I can't be as friendly with them now because I'm like well I like I wouldn't do that to a friend you know and I don't know I feel like I'm just going to become quite jaded and that's not who I want to do so how would I have done it differently maybe as soon as um there was a low attendance or no attendance for that FaceTime meeting called them all individually and like almost harassed them like an ex-boyfriend or like a crazy person. But again, like that's not who I want to be. And that's not how I think it should be. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What what would you have done, Ashley? Uh, to be honest, if I didn't, if somebody didn't
0: show up the first time, I probably would just let it go. You know what? It's, you know, we were just recently off work. People are probably treating this like a bit of a vacation on wow. one hand, then on the other hand, there's people that are probably really struggling with everything and maybe mentally are not as stable as they would like to be and maybe just don't feel comfortable to come on a FaceTime. So I would probably let it go the first time. If we if this was a weekly occurrence and they missed say the second one, then I probably would reach out via text. Just, hey, just checking in. Just want to see if you're okay. If I didn't get a response, yeah, I'd probably pick up the phone and just, you know what? I'm just checking in. I'd really love it if, you know, once a week you wouldn't mind just jumping on. Doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing, in the car, in the bath, like, I don't care what you're doing, where you are. Just jump on for a couple minutes, even if it's not face and it's just your voice that you want to share, just so that we know that you're okay. Like, we're like a little family and we just want you to be part of it and we want to know how you're doing. And maybe that would be like a little way to kind of get them motivated that it's not like, this is not a work thing. This is just like a let's check in with our family kind of thing. And maybe they would look at it a little bit differently. Um, as for, you know, being friendly or not friendly enough or what have you, I think honestly, it's a personal thing. You have to kind of find your own style of managing. You can't be Sally. You can't be Jenny. You can't be Mark. You can't be Tyler. You can't be, you have to be Becca. And that's the only manager that you can be is who you are. And people will appreciate Mm -hmm. that and respect that. And you'll know really fast. At the end of the day, you are the manager. If somebody doesn't fit, in in your your pie or your little family or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. that's a piece that you have to get rid of and you have to replace it with somebody who's going to fit and bring out the best in the rest of your team as they say Mm -hmm. one bad seed spoils the whole bunch and I think that's kind of the way you have to look at it Mm
2: -hmm. that's
0: my two cents luba yeah
2: (laughs) Oh, I listened to everything that you guys say and I feel like I've been through it all. So I think I was probably the titler at the beginning. I was very, very (laughs) young and, you know, this is how it's going to be and I'm giving you this opportunity and these are the rules and I came from corporate. So it was very, very structured. Um, And then I just kind of, I guess like over the years, I've just kind of eased up and I guess to kind of sum it up without going through like tons of detail is My job is just to simplify life for Becca, for Chloe, for like any of my managers. I just want their lives to be simple, right? So whatever that means, as far as like, that means that we need to hire new people. If that means that we need to terminate someone, it's all about keeping their lives easy because we have to focus on the bigger picture. We cannot be dealing with, I can't come in four hours before my shift, that's something that we just, we can't deal with. So if that means that we need to accommodate that person a little bit more and hire someone else on top of that, and that means that they lose hours, that's unfortunately what has to be done. But mm-hmm. I think in this business, we lose, way, we lose way too much time in trying to pick up the pieces in making people happy, then focusing on the big picture of what needs to be done for the business that's what puts us behind the eight ball. And I found a lot of that when we were going through COVID and stuff that we were able to actually fix in the background, because we didn't have the day to day shit to deal with, whether it be customer complaints, um, employees not showing up for work, requesting time off, or whatever, like, there was so much that we got done on the business side of it, that that was a huge wake up call. And okay, you know what, Let's work with them, might not be able to give you everything, we appreciate you, we love you, we respect you, we've obviously brought you into the business because you are a valuable team member, but these are the hours that we need covered. Can't do them all, we can give you some, but we have to hire someone else. Does that mean that you get those hours back when that is available? No, because that's not fair to the person that now picked it up. So I think with that is just work with what you, if you've got good people, work with them. But you have to do what's good for the business and focus on the business and the bigger picture at all times.
1: Yeah, it's a real balancing
0: act. I find, too, that if you, in, in once you hire somebody and you bring them on, or even in the interview process as you're going through, once you know you're going to hire somebody, going through some of the the like ground rules or expectations, especially when it comes to being sick. Some people think that, oh, I'm not going to call in and I'm going to wait till the 11th hour to call my boss because maybe there's a possibility I'm going to feel good enough and I can go in and I can do this. Mm -hmm. There are those people that call in last minute because they really truly think that they're going to try to be able to go in. They're going to pump themselves up and I can feel good. Mm -hmm. I can feel better. I'm going to be able to do this. And then the 11th hour realize, you know what, I'm being ridiculous. There is no physical way that I'm going to be able to get out of bed and and get into work and actually do my job effectively. Then there's the, the other person that, you know, will say, wake up at two o'clock in the morning and be sick to their stomach. And the first thing they think to do is message their boss at two o'clock in the morning and be like, hey, just letting you know, I'm sick, don't know if I'm going to be able to make it in. So maybe even just setting some ground rules with people and being like, hey, listen, even if you're not not coming in and but you're just not feeling the greatest and you're not sure Mm -hmm. the minute you start to feel sick even if it's a day in advance two days in advance just hey shoot me a text send me an email whatever the situation give me a call Becca just letting you know I'm not feeling the greatest I'm going to do my best to make it in but this is the scenario just so that you know or say you know if you get sick in the middle of the night send me a text so this way when I wake up in the morning I know right off the get-go that
2: This is what I have to deal with for the day.
1: Yeah.
2: I definitely think that we need to do for Vancouver, there needs to be a powwow meeting in the next couple of weeks after things kind of get um, set into place on more regular schedule on, okay, so let's go through our rules and and terms and how things work again. They were, were, they were working COVID happened. We don't know what happened, but let's just break down the rules and our expectations. Of what we have with you and what you should have with us and it's it's business as usual
0: and you're rehiring people back after covid so like let's be honest you can almost create a brand new contract and say okay before anybody's really started back you can say listen like here's the new rules and regulations letting you know this before you decide to come back and if this is not something that is you think you can abide by or you can follow or you can live up to these standards then let me know and We'll just have to replace you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's the thing too, is that you have a job to come back to. There's a lot of local businesses in Vancouver that I know of, or that I have friends at who, instead of laying them off and saying, okay, but whenever we are reopened, like you still have your job, they just laid them off indefinitely or some of them they fired. So they're just going to start with a whole new hiring and whole new staff There's a couple of restaurants and bars I know that have done that. So, you know. There's a lot of
0: places that have closed indefinitely in general that have been open for 10, 20, 30 years. And because of this, Mm -hmm. laid people off with the expectation that it was going to be short-lived, and it ended up being a whole lot longer than Mm -hmm. what they thought. And unfortunately, they had to close their businesses. So people are just out
2: of work. Well, and I think that was the frustrating part for Becca and I is we we took so much time to be like – This is what we're doing to try to get some money in the door, like to really, because as a small business, you know, staff have to be scared. Of course they have to be scared. We're not a Walmart, right? So we took that time to be like, these are some of the things that we're doing to bring in some sales. Do you guys have any ideas? Like, just to make them feel comfortable that we are going to be here after this passes. Right? So I think that's where like that lack of loyalty and that respect to be like, why the hell are we doing all this and giving you all this information and working on all these you know silly things in the background to try to bring in, you know, 50 bucks a day here and there to um to not even be responded to.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I think sometimes people don't realize if you don't have a business sense, you just yeah. don't understand what goes into keeping a business afloat. You almost yeah. think like Daddy Warbucks has got all the money and is just supplying and the, or you go outside in the backyard, and there's that tree called the money tree, and you just kind of yeah. here's my five, here's my I'm ten. What's up? looking?
2: Uh, if, a lemon tree today, not a money tree.
0: If I'm still looking for that money tree. You find or the money pit, even I'll take. You know, you find it, you let me know. But I think the money that's
1: pit, the part I'm of it. In the <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's part of it is people just don't understand what goes into running a business and what goes into keeping it afloat and how much background work actually does go in just to be able to hire one person and make sure that Mm -hmm. they are able to pay that person. And I think the people that are, you know, the employees, for example, don't understand how heartbreaking it is to a business owner when they're not able to provide them with those hours or that paycheck or whatever it is. You feel very responsible.
2: You know, there was there was a situation where someone had asked me, can you just pay me under the table cash so I can continue to collect CERB? And I was just like, and of course, like when I step back and I think about their situation, I get where they're coming from. But I'm thinking to myself, my God, like I have to pay unemployment insurance. I have to pay WCB. I have to pay, pay taxes. If you were to get hurt on the job and you weren't on the books, that would destroy your career, my livelihood, the business, all of your coworkers. Like you just, people need to start thinking about other people, not just themselves and what is beneficial to them at that time. Because that to me was a huge slap in the face.
0: But see, Mm -hmm. you know, all that goes into that. You see the other side of it. Whereas to them, they don't realize that those are even issues. To them, they're just thinking about like, hey, I'll just come in and just pay me cash instead of writing me a check. They don't think that there's any sort of a consequence. They don't realize that you could get oh, into that. trouble. They don't realize they could get into trouble. They don't realize mm-hmm. if there was an injury, what was to happen, or if there was a break in what was to happen, or, mm-hmm. you know, the other m- miles of issues that could arise from it. They just don't mm-hmm. think about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it does take all sorts of people to make the world go round, and True. you know, you need you need employees, and employees, some of them don't like, have such an understanding plans. egg. That's why they're employees, though. You know, well, because you know, prior to a year ago, I was definitely of that bunch, but I think maybe because of some of the work experience I had, I had a bit more insight into the higher level things that happen, but I definitely still had an employee mindset. So I can understand it to a degree. I'm just offended that I was ignored. Like I'm not on Tinder. (laughs) Why are you not replying for a week? Like I'm over that. I'm not. Did they swipe left on you? Yeah, that would have been left, I think. Right is yes. (laughs) Like if that was someone that I was dating, that would not. Be acceptable. So why do now I have to accept that as a standard of behavior? Yeah, yeah. I have to, yeah. and you know, it's just it's not it's not good. But that's the role and responsibility that I took on as a manager and being a person in leadership. So you know, I'm a manager. I just have to manage.
2: <laughs> I, love <laughs> I love it. I yeah. Uh, I just
1: I need Serb to go away.
2: I think that's that will solve a lot of problems bring in the EI, I think that's fine, but I think CERB is going to be causing a lot of problems for a lot of business owners for the next little while, and I think we're going to have to pay it off over the years as it goes on. I think that's going to be really tough, but again, we are very blessed to, all three of us are sitting in Canada right now, we're very, very blessed compared to what's happening in the U.S., those poor girls on what's happening, you know, with our store down there and um, you know, the government's also given um, small business loans in Canada to bring back people. So if you can bring people back, um, they're rewarding you in that sense. So, I mean, there's they definitely want to get the economy back up and running here. And you can clearly see that versus what's happening um, to our you know, lovely neighbors down below.
1: Yeah, at least in Nevada.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. So on that note, what have we learned
1: Becca. What did you this week? I've learned a lot, but I need to think of a positive. <laughs> um I've I've learned that you never know what someone else is going through, so you should always try to have a little bit of perspective and empathy towards them just in case. Maybe that's yeah. what I've learned. I've seen the difference between Canada and the employees in the USA and you know the girls in Canada don't know what the girls in the USA are going through and of course like they don't have to they're not as close with them they don't have quite as much insider info but it's just taught me that you know give everybody a little bit of empathy and try to understand them even if it frustrates you in the moment and you want to blow fire out of your head and bite their head off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> for our latest rant, go to my uh, LinkedIn profile, Luba Sosowski, and you will see Becca Hislop mm-hmm. on there, giving her a little rant
1: mm-hmm.
2: about the serve and all her struggles. I thought it was great. You know what? I sent it to one of my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. She said to me, she worked for me, um, God, 15 years ago, and she said to me, hey, sweetie, how's it going? And I literally sent the video that you that you posted and she goes, uh, good for her. And I said, what do you mean? Because I didn't know, like, you know, on text, you don't know what that means. And she goes, well, darling, yeah. she's just asking all of her co-workers to be adults.
1: Yeah.
2: And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all it was. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. You were just asking them to be adults. Yeah.
0: I, I was watching watch that them? video that you posted, and all I kept thinking the entire time was, Oh my God, she's so sweet. This is so tactful and so nice. My rant would not have been that nice and
2: sweet. It would have been a full blown rant.
0: It would have been shit
2: spewing. (laughs) And it would not have been
1: posted on LinkedIn or YouTube or Instagram or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. No, no. Mm -mm. Uh, Yeah, well... You know, I'm definitely frustrated and I'm still a little bit angry and I, I go on walks around the block and I tell my, my boyfriend, I live with him now, I say, I, I just need to go on an angry walk. I'll be back in half an hour. And I'll go I walk it. around the block and I use that to calm down and, you know, listen to podcasts and, you know, not think about my personal feelings. But at the end of the day, your job as the manager is to relate to the staff and communicate that between your boss or the owner or your manager so as much as I can be upset about it my job is to understand them and communicate their needs and try to work with them with those above me (laughs) so I tried to be tactful even though I was definitely saying other words in my head
2: Very, they're very lucky to have a manager like you. Most managers are not that understanding, and especially with your age and experience, they're very, very lucky. So, mm-hmm. And so some of them won't realize it until they lose that and they go someplace else and they deal with an asshole. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's when they come back. We've had podcasts about mm-hmm. that. The cat came back.
1: <laughs> yeah, until you work with a producer that's $80,000 over budget and thirty of those $1,000 is because of something that you did You do not know fear. (laughs) 30,000 dollars. What did you do? do? Uh, It was in film, and it was for a pilot of a a show that never picked up because probably, I guess they were broke, but the entire set was painted with this special paint that allows set pieces and furniture to be green screened. It has a chemical in it that's photoreactive with a camera, for their softwares. And that was fine. And, you know, I was just following whatever my um, manager uh, had instructed me to do, but we also had not a studio, but this big kind of arena space that they were going to film in. And they thought, well, if the set has to be green screened, then how the hell are they going to green screen out the floor, the concrete floor from the shot? So let's just go ahead and paint that concrete floor with this special green paint, which is $1,000 for five gallons. Like, it's expensive stuff. And we were doing concrete flooring, which is porous, so it just soaks up the paint and eats it up so I mean, I was just doing as I was told, and in the whole time I was doing this, I was like, how the heck are they going to remove it? Like, they just rented this space. It's not going to be fluorescent green forever. Surely this is wrong, but I didn't voice those concerns because I was at the bottom of the food chain. I was a bit scared, but, you know, sure enough, that's not, that wasn't the vision and the design that the director and producer had. So when they walked in, that's $30,000 to paint on the floor and they're already $80,000 over budget, which is normal in film. You'll always go over budget, but, you know, he was mad, and I was the only person in that studio at the time, so who's he going to be mad on? Me. <laughs> and I didn't know him, and I was just doing, you know, what I was told, and just, oh, man. <laughs> so if that is who you, your boss is, and you're working there 15 hours a day every day for weeks, you know, you learn how to. When they say jump, you go how high, rather than try to push the envelope. So that and a great experience that on how me. you. <laughs> right,
2: and what a great experience on how you don't want to be treated, and how you don't want to treat other people.
1: Yeah, he didn't even like ask who I was, or like if I was the one that painted the floor. He was just like, whatever, like just total. Total freak out, which you know, fair enough, that's a lot of money and a lot of work and money to reverse it. So, yeah, I try not to be that man, (laughs) right? Yeah, well, ladies, I think this sums up
2: this podcast, and uh, I think we learned a lot about government, I think we learned a lot about the difference in two countries, I think we've got three valuable opinions on employees and how to handle them and maybe some Mm -hmm. perspective for other business owners that possibly are going through this. And hopefully this was a bit of a a rant or a, a calmingness for you that you guys are not alone. If you have any questions, please slide into our DMs at Between Both Cheeks. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Between Both Cheeks. And where can they listen to us, Becca?
1: Anywhere, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, for anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you look up Between Both Cheeks, you'll find ours.
2: And you can email us at comments at Between Both Cheeks. Thank you and good night.